Good evening, Patriots, and it's Saturday, June 25th. For those of you on the East Coast, welcome to Sunday. We'll see you tomorrow, I guess. But, you know, today is just another one of those days when suddenly, when you are living on the other side of the block, the world just keeps tumbling down. How's it going for you leftists out there? Having a good day? Probably not. We'll get to that in a minute. Patriots, make sure you are getting a good night's sleep in the best the best products out there for that is comes from MyPillow, MyPillow.com, which is the Patriot place to buy all your household goods, literally. Well, not food, but your household, like, good things to make you sleep and make you have a comfortable life, like pillows, like blankets, like comforters, like my slippers, all-terrain four-wheel drive, super-duper new sole slippers that are designed to rock it in the garden and in the home, and towels, and mattresses and you name it there's just all sorts of fantastic things over at mypillow.com so head on over to mypillow.com and check it out mike lindell of course was on the show last night what a great interview and what a great patriot and in person he is for this nation and everything you do there and support my pillow obviously helps win this war with all the millions of dollars that mike takes off of his personal gains from my pillow and pumps it into saving this nation. So you're directly helping the fight. So mypillow.com forward slash bards, promo code bards. And if you want to speak to a real live person, you can call 800 975 2939, 800 975 2939. Use your promo code bards and a Patriot Pillow Counselor will get you hooked up. So I'll tell you where I think we'll begin tonight. I think we're going to take a little stroll into Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. And we're going to see how the leftists are doing with the latest decision. Well, there we go. Welcome to the neighborhood, Patriots. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Would you be mine? It's a neighborly day on this beautiful neighborly day for beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Thank you, Mr. Rogers, for that introduction. I think we're doing just fine. Apparently, that was a good success yesterday by the Supreme Court. Nicely done, judges. Because there's nothing like a triggered liberal to start out my Saturday evening. So much fun. (laughs) Man, these people are losing their mind. It's something else. I'll tell you. Now, listen, in all seriousness, I'm highly recommending just stay away from them. I know a lot of people, there's a number of people out here doing some courageous things, trying to record. But it's going to get worse. Trust me, there was one Antifa guy last night that lit off a blowtorch and tried to burn off a police officer's face. Not kidding. So they are in a rage. They are crazy. And all I can say is, well, it's the first step in loss, in grief. That's called anger. And then comes denial. We haven't got to denial yet. We're still at the anger point. I don't know if you've noticed. And then comes bargaining. I don't know how we're going to bargain with them, but apparently that's in the process of things. Bargaining with a leftist is kind of like playing Russian roulette with five rounds in the chamber. 
out of a six-round chambered gun. So it's not really something I would do, not recommended. And then it's going to come depression because after there's the realization that you're not going to get your way and that no one cares because we don't, because there's 26 states that abortion is pretty much going to be legal in. And when I say pretty much, there's going to be a number of states where there is a provision for incest and rape, which that's one of those. This The beauty of this whole change is that it does constitutionally exactly what the Constitution was designed to do, which is it puts the onus back on the states. And, of course, you have Garland up here raging around saying that he's going to protect the rights of those but in states where it's legal. Go ahead, Garland. I don't care. I'm in one of those. But I can tell you where it's going to end up. You're going to end up with certain cities because that's how it's going to be in Oregon. For those of you who don't understand Oregon, there's 30 solid red counties. There's actually 33, but about we, that were really solid red, 30 out of 36. And by next year, hopefully the momentum picks up that we'll have 30 of those counties telling them so they can go pound sand on abortion. And that way, if they want to go to those Places like Portland, it's their problem, not mine. See, this is the thing that's hard. I'm just going to say this. Obviously, we would all like to see abortion removed. But the design of the Constitution was such, and it's interesting because I I talked about this back in 2015 when I was running Kilroy Rising, and boy, did I get excoriated. I said, listen, if the way this is going to end up having to play out is that abortion has to be sent back to the states. And it will be back to, it will be up to the states to decide. And ultimately, that's going to water down to counties. And of course, I had these like, this, we're going to fight it. We're going to destroy it. And it's like, okay, that's cool. But also, it's we have to understand that we don't have to live in these places. And we don't have to economically support these places if they continue to have abortion. It's fundamentally simple. Your wallet and your, the power of your purse is a bigger vote than any vote you have. So, for example, if Multnomah County, which is where Portland is, which is a liberal pit, even though 200,000 votes in Multnomah County were stolen from President Trump, when you take a look at that general profile in Multnomah County, Portland, there tends to be a fairly liberal base up there. And if they decide to have abortion... Okay, as long as it's in the city's budget and as long as they want it, that's their choice. But that doesn't mean anybody ever has to travel to Portland again. You don't have to do business with any business located in Portland again, and you don't have to give them anything. And, of course, we have the absolute right to use our activism to overthrow that judgment. That's the way this war works. And in the end, what the left's, failing to understand is we have God, they don't. So that's kind of a rough one to swallow because their God is that little little squinty guy that got had his butt kicked out of heaven. So that's where we are. So we are literally at a point right now where the entire tide has changed because what is really celebra- celebratory right now is that God has reestablished life in this nation. This was a unbelievable victory that God delivered yesterday. 
and it was a victory of reestablishing life in our nation. And that is, that is such a profound statement globally. The entire world was watching, and the entire world is watching, <laughs> including the leftists that are losing their mind. Oh, I'll tell you, we got a lot coming. Here's an interesting perspective. Take a listen to this. I'm going to do this all day. I'm giving you facts over feelings, whether it sucks or not. Gay marriage is not a constitutional right. It is not a Supreme Court anything. Their job is to hold up the Constitution. It is not in the Constitution. It says nowhere in the Constitution, I've read it, that gay marriage is a constitutional right. Therefore, it can come up in question again, and it can be pushed back to the states. I'm just giving you the facts. Whether I agree with it or don't agree with it, that doesn't matter. It's facts over feelings, facts over emotions. The fact is, it is not a constitutional right. I'm just letting you know. I'm letting everybody know. Yeah, make sure you let everybody know because that's on the docket. It's coming up. Even when they did the discussion on gay marriage, it had already passed in, I don't know, it was like 39 states or something. There was absolutely no reason to mandate it from the Supreme Court. They did that to pile drive it into our lives. Again, states' decision, states' rights. That's where the battleground is. That's the way it always should be. And the beauty of the, of the American model is once we get past this insanity of the left, like everything has to be for me and the religion of me, once we get past that, we start to realize that we can coexist. We don't have to, again, we don't have to condone a lifestyle. We don't have to live in a state. We don't have to live in a particular city. And that's the model. And ultimately, there's more of us walking in this place with God than there are of them walking in the place of Lucifer. And they're losing their mind anyway. So that this extreme minority is finding and discovering what it's like not to get your way. That's accountability, and that's a system that works justly. And a system that works justly is a system they have never experienced, but it is a new experience for them. And they are going to suffer through some very difficult times because in the system that works justly, they don't get their way. So we are in a place of increasing awakening. And it is a place that we are witnessing what it's like when this group over here is suddenly not able to have the media and the political institutions and the legal institutions and the education institutions all pile drive their ideas of a few onto the many. Because America as a whole is a red country. If you doubt that, take a look at the 3,000 counties we have on a political map, and you will note that there are well over 2,000 counties in this country that are red, if not more. At a center point, we are not liberal. We are conservative and Christian-based. That's going to be the hardest reality for this entire 
leftist group to realize is that by the time we are through, they, the liberal ideals will be eradicated from this nation. They will be as dead as the dodo. And it will never rise again because what they stood for, the brainwashing and methods they used to swing a public will be fully exposed. That's just a brutal truth. Here's a, I don't think I read this last night. I'm going to read it tonight, though. It's, it was from Bioclandestine. It's very good. As, and it reads, as the Supreme Court overturns Roe versus Wade, this will dominate the news cycle. The riots will surely begin tonight. And with the response to this ruling, the left will further cement themselves as the party of insanity. <laughs> if you question that, rewind and go back to the beginning with the Mr. Rogers introduction. While Americans are struggling to pay for gas and food, the left and the DNC are focused on sending tens of billions of tax dollars to arm literal Nazis and burning cities down because the Supreme Court said killing babies is up to the states. Now, there's the catch on this one, right? It didn't take it away. It put it back to the states. But most of these people have no idea how that even works because they've never taken time to study constitutional law. Their idea is it's going to be my way. This is a very radical group. In fact, it's so radical when you listen to what they've been chanting, they have been chanting that all men should be castrated or some version of that. And that violence is necessary. This is a radical group that's, that's now gone off the rails and Americans are seeing it and it's necessary for Americans to see it. Because otherwise we aren't going to be able to get to the next level of exposure of truth. So I'm going to continue with this piece. As we approach the midterms, let's do a quick tally on the left and what they have, have openly supported over the last two years. Slaughtering children grooming children, indoctrinating children, raping children. That's your top four. Next, arming Nazi military forces in the Ukraine, bioterrorism, forced medical experimentation, Orwellian censorship, brainwashing and propaganda, racism against white culture, sexism against men, war on heterosexuality, abolishing the right to defend yourself, abolishing local and state police, election fraud, higher taxes, more government, less freedom. When future generations read the history books, they will look back with dismay, unable to comprehend how so many Americans, I would add stupid in that term, actually supported the leftist movement and the party of blatant insanity. The modern-day left wing proves that people can be brainwashed to support anything when they are willing, and the bottom line on this, when they are decoupled from the faith and relationship with God and Jesus. That's the big one. My words. Finishing out what is written, now the leftists will take to the streets and supply some good photos and examples for the history books as to why in future America liberalism no longer exists. So go ahead, let them burn it all down. They are only making our point and justifying the eradication of their ideology. Patriots, stay home, protect your family, let them riot, never interrupt your enemy. 
when he is trying to destroy himself. He says making a mistake. No, they're doing a good job destroying themselves. It's, it's epic. So this is really a good perspective. If you don't follow BioClandestine on Telegram, you should. It's a good, good account. Also, another great account. I'm trying to get them on the show. And if they're listening, I hope they are going to come on the show. Because it's uh, Plastic Girl Reporting. These are just a group of young patriots, I guess. I don't know who they are yet. I haven't met them. But they're a group of patriots that have come together. And if you don't follow that account, Plastic Girl Reporting, do. Just fantastic research and daily news briefs. Surprisingly, it's a pretty small channel for all the work they do. It's only like 3,600 followers or something like that. And I, I was surprised because the quality of their work is far beyond that. I've seen Q nuts have 10 times as accounts and produced a thousand times less quality. So just so I'm saying it's worth checking out. We are having to face as a nation, a reality that a large portion of the people have willfully walked off the virtual cliff. And I don't know that all of that is completely their fault. I mean, we can hold accountable. We are all held accountable. But a system that is, there's an unfortunate lesson I hope we all learn, which is this willingness to, to trust in institutions of men. One of the challenges I truly believe that we are now going to face in going ahead is going to be like, this will be like the final exam in, in, a, in a way. My opinion, I'm just, so this is me talking. But I, I think that the challenge we're going to have to face now as we move forward and we reflect on the past, particularly the past two years, but the evolution that we've made since the Obama years into the Trump period and then into where we are now. And it's going to be really the choice that we make because we are still in this valley of decision. And I believe that the valley of decision now rests at everybody's feet. And each of us are making solid decisions that will affect the future of ourselves and the nation. And much of those decisions are going to be truth-centered and relationship-centered to Jesus and to God. And unfortunately, there's going to be enormous temptation thrown before us. I shouldn't even say unfortunately. It just re the reality is there's going to be enormous temptation thrown before us to find easy ways out. The number of people that are still seeking to have a savior fix this for them. And they will take anything. Whether it's patriots in control, military, constitutional, change by courts. Whether it's the polit political institution being revamped. All those are good things that happen as they do. But the ultimate change in all of this is where we place our relationship with God. And if anything is clear, all we have to do is look back to yesterday. June 24th, which is literally going to mark a day in history, that has to be made into a national holiday, I swear. Now, by next year, we're, if, whether they give it to us or not, next year we're all taking the June 24th off to launch fireworks and celebrate life in the midst of their stupid rainbow month. And that's another thing. We're taking the rainbow back. I'm tired of this garbage. But the whole point here is that there's going to be a lot of temptation 
for people to because we're tired. People are tired. I won't say people. Everyone's been tired. We, we that that was a much needed gift from God yesterday. Energizing reminder, emotional power. where we realized that we have the greatest power behind us. And I say that because it's not like we don't know. But it felt good for everybody. And some needed it more than others. But everybody benefited yesterday, as God does. God gives to everybody. (laughs) I'm not sure that some of the leftists quite realize what that gift was yet. But we'll, (laughs) we'll find out in time. Oh, my goodness. I don't have a lot of, um, I'm, I'm not in an empathetic mood tonight. I'm sorry you're triggered if you are, really, sincerely. Um, <laughs> my laughter, please, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try to be sincere, whatever. You got crushed. That's what happened. God gave you the Big old smackdown. That's what wrath looks like, by the way. We always expect wrath to be like earthquakes and lightning. Sometimes wrath rips the floor out from underneath you when you're on the wrong side of the tracks. And wrath is coming more and more. And this is, a, this is setting the place. We are literally in an interesting place. And I will give you three things that were given to me in prayer last night. You take this for what it's worth, but it would literally, I was praying, and when this was put into my head, it bolted me to my feet, and I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this. Three words. Life, liberty, justice. Now follow me. We were just given the gift in the nation of life. And with this, God is reaffirming the power of liberty. And as we embrace liberty, God shall bring justice. This is what's coming. And it's a profound reset of our nation. Life, liberty, justice. But we have to have life first. And it's just such an amazing shift across the entire nation that we literally can feel that resurgence of the love in life that has now been affirmed. Now, that means that down on the state level, we've got a lot of work to do. It's not nearly over yet. These people are going to lose their damn mind. And let them. But... It's going to take work. That's what the republic is about, is we need to dig in. And that's what our faith is about. It doesn't say sit in the pew and wait for someone else to do it for you. And that goes back to what I was starting to say, which is there's going to be a lot of tendencies and a lot of temptations before us to have other people fix it for us. We cannot go back to that place. And there will be many that will want that. And that will take in many forms, whether whatever form that is, people and their idol worship is insane. And it's so indoctrinated that it's going to take a lot of work as a nation for us to step away from idol worship and start living in this world as sovereigns. 
That means we have to engage one another. That means we have to have civil conversations with one another. That means we need to have a moral foundation that doesn't come from a, a place where you are walking in an agnostic or atheist view of the world. You have no moral foundation. You have a foundation of me and self. We need the moral foundation reset in this nation, which means what? We need to see the revival of the pulpit. And if we don't see the revival of the pulpit in the old way, meaning the churches, then we have to revive the pulpit because we need to see the voice of God become instrumental in the community once again. That also means that all these strange influences that have infected seminaries, we have to take that out. We're going to have to restart. And, you know, I just keep going back so many times when I read Scripture, and I'm just really so taken by the fact that disciples were called, people were given the right to speak, God led them. We, You don't need the degree. See, and that's that goes with everything, because this system, this Babylonian system, says that you have to be certified in a system that they approve to teach what or do what you want to do, as long as it fits within their boundaries, you are free to operate under their certification and their rules. That has nothing to do with God's world. And so it's important that we start stepping away from this formation of Babylon that we have been so deeply infected with. It's a real difficult time for many in this nation because they've never had to confront this before. I'm going to play a piece here. This is, um, I don't know its name. I think it's a, it's a, it's a transgender. I want you to hear this though. This is a one who's very avidly supportive of president Trump and conservative values. It's finally a voice we have needed to hear. I may not condone the lifestyle, but I will tell you this. I respect the honesty. I have no idea why you want drag queens to read books to your children. I have no idea. What, what in the hell has a drag queen ever done to make you have so much respect for them and admire them so much? Other than put on makeup and, and jump on the floor and writhe around and do sexual things on stage. I have absolutely no idea why you would want that to influence your child. Would you want a stripper or a porn star to influence your child? It, it makes no sense at all. A drag queen performs in a nightclub for adults. There is a lot of filth that goes on, a lot of sexual stuff that goes on. And backstage, there's a lot of nudity, sex, and drugs. Okay? So I don't think that this is... a. a an avenue you would want your child to explore. They could explore dressing up at home like we all did, like all gay boys did. We all dressed at home and we had a great time. We had a great time with our girlfriends, putting on makeup, trying on clothes, things like that. But to actually get them involved in drag is extremely, extremely irresponsible on your part. And I understand you might want to look like you're with it, that you're cool, that you're woke, that you're not a Nazi, that you're not a homophobe, whatever, whatever it may be. 
but you can raise your child to be just a normal, regular, everyday child without including them in gay, sexual things. And honestly, you're not doing the gay community any favors. In Ooh. fact, you're hurting us, okay? We have already had a reputation of being pedophiles and being perverts and deviants. We don't need you to bring your children around. So you keep your kids at home or take them to Disneyland or take them to Chuck E. Cheese. But if you need your child to be entertained by a big human in a costume or in makeup, take them to the circus or something. When they turn 18... Then why don't you take them to the clubs on their 18th birthday? Because it's an adult thing, okay? So don't ruin your child's life and don't ruin us because that's what you're doing. It's honesty. Like I said, I don't have to condone the lifestyle and I don't. But I respect the honesty. And we need a heck of a lot more of it because if we had more voices like that, as you've heard me saying, coming from the LGBTQ community, this nonsense would stop. But this extends far beyond their alphabet soup of a following. It goes into the general population, which is this inability to just simply be truthful and strengthful, strength in truth. And I will always pivot from this, pivot to this point. When you have weakness, somehow you've missed the connection with Jesus and the connection to the Father. Because nowhere in there is there ever weakness. There's no fear and there's no weakness. Because truth is solid. It may not be comfortable. I get that. It may not be enjoyable to have to present truth. I get that. But you know the most amazing thing when we seek truth and to speak truth, when we turn to Jesus and we say, Jesus, I've got a very difficult moment here. Please guide me and we turn the wheel over to Jesus to let him guide us, you know what happens? Oh, my goodness, what an amazing idea. We suddenly have incredible strength, and we have such temperance and grace in our words. We're not trying to swing a bat at everybody. And when we talk so much about defiance and we talk so much about red lines, we're, there's just places we aren't going to cross. And a society that lacks a moral center ends up where we are right now, dragging your kids to some house of ill repute so that you, as a weak and feckless parent, can feel better and screwing your kid up at the same time. That is one of the worst possible sins, period probably calculate somewhere high up there on the rank of millstones. It is, it takes strength to be a parent. It takes strength to be a human being. And that strength isn't ours alone. We aren't going to wander out here in a desert by ourselves and succeed here. We've tried that as a nation for the last hundred years. And guess where we are? Well, look around. And really, it's, in fairness, it's about the last, last 50 years. It's really just after the 60s that this corruption really dug in. The cultural revolution of the 60s was designed to break, the, to sever that relationship with faith. 
and to corrupt the youth and to build a generation now that saw drug, sex, rock and roll as a center point of everything. And those icons that stepped away from that, that were vocal against it, but at the same time continued to play in that realm. When I say that, like Uncle Ted, he's never done drugs or, or and he doesn't drink. And yet those, they, they get kind of pushed aside. We don't want, you're, you're an anomaly. We want the heavy-duty ones over here that are doing the LSD and everything. We want to raise them up. And that's what it was intended to do because it destroys the faith base of our nation. And so one generation gets raised that way, and then they perpetuate their own corruption. And I've said this many times, and I, I just keep coming back to it. When the churches embraced the concept that we are a post-Christian nation, we lost. We're retrieving that now with a new generation that's reviving in the power of God and the relationship with Christ. And much of this is happening outside the church. But when the churches embraced the idea and openly stated it, we're in a post-Christian nation, they had thrown in the towel. And so instead of digging in and taking the war into the places, into the streets, it became like, okay, well, let's add some new cool music to attract people into our walls. Let's start embracing LGBTQ movement as part of an acceptance and a greater acceptance in the community. Let's start rewriting scripture or modulating scripture to meet the new trend of things so we can make it more hip and cool. That's when we lost. And it all began with, we're in a post- Christian society. We are we never were. See, that's the, that's what we're discovering now is we never were and God never left. That's the other thing. It's like, "Whoa, wait a minute. The church is saying we're a post-Christian society? Did God get a vote in that?" Because apparently not. Cuz the last time I checked, God didn't say I'm checking out. And if there's any evidence of that, look to yesterday. We have spent as a nation in the last five years a steady climb of more and more people coming to God and praying. And yesterday, prayers were answered, and an amazing response was given, and grace was given to a nation. And no, it's not going to be easy for many because they have been incubated into a world where God is evil, Christians are evil, they hate everything except the religion of me. So this is, from them, they have lost the center point, which is absolutely incredible to imagine, but literally they have lost one of their center points that anchors them to this false ideology, almost religion, of me. Because within this concept of me, of the religion of me is the center point of I get to choose whatever I want. And even though they contradict that with take a vax, mandatory, yes, everybody needs to have no choice, when it comes to what they have been inbred with, inoculated with, which is this ideology that all builds around, I get the right to choose whether I want a kid or not. I want, And everything, and I've said this so many times, the entire progressive movement is defined by its relationship to its sexuality. 
That is as low and base as you get within the energy chakras of the body. It is also right out of Lucifer's playbook. So when they are grounded in everything sexual, which means no responsibility either, by the way. I mean, what's, what's, how difficult is this concept? When we talk about abortion, it's like, all right, how about this? And excuse me, but I'm going to get a little bit crass. How about if you, for the, since it's my woman, the woman's choice, it has men have no choice in it, by the way, apparently. So how about this? How about if you don't spread your legs? How about if you don't become a slut? How about if you abstain? And how about if you think about the consequences of what you're doing? And if you do end up with being pregnant, how about if you own those consequences? Because that's the choice you made. That's a bottom line. And that concept is absolutely outside of most. And unfortunately, we're not hearing enough of that from the pulpit either. There's too much sensitivity to try. I don't, I'm afraid to offend somebody. I'm not afraid to offend you if you're doing something stupid any more than I'm offended if I do something stupid and somebody calls me out. And this is one of these things that really doesn't get much more. We're not going to give it a lot of grace anymore because it's wrong. It's fundamentally wrong in the principles and it's more than wrong. It's evil. The idea that somehow a child at conception is a disposable thing. And, and according to them, a child at conception isn't just a disposable thing. It's disposable six months beyond birth if you are in California because apparently, like you buy at Amazon and you get to try on clothes and send them back in the mail, apparently in California, you can have a child try it out for six months and if you don't like it, just kill it and send it back to God. This is pretty interesting. Listen to this piece from the debate in 2016 between President Trump and Hillary Clinton the issue of abortion. Right. Mr. Trump, you're pro-life, but I, I want to ask you specifically, do you want the court, including the justices that you will name, to overturn Roe v. Wade, which includes, in fact states, a woman's right to abortion? Well, if that would happen, because I am pro-life and I will be appointing pro-life judges, I would think that that will go back to the individual states. But I'm asking you specifically, would you if like to... If they overturned it, it'll go back to the states. But what I'm asking you, sir, is... Do you want to see the court overturned? You just said you want to see the court protect the Second Amendment. Do you want to see the court overturn Roe v. Wade? Well, if we put another two or perhaps three justices on, that's really what's going to be, that will happen. And that'll happen automatically, in my opinion, because I am putting pro-life justices on the court. I will say this, it will go back to the states, and the states will then make a determination. And just like that, it just happened. So that's, that was a pretty profound statement then, and it's a joyous statement today. I don't think any of us really believed that this was going to happen. We, we really have had an interesting read on the court, and it wasn't a, a read that we had a lot of trust in because the court hasn't really proved itself uh, to be that to be that constitutional, I guess. I, I've had a lot of questions about this court, especially with some of this stuff on in their position on the, the election and then their position on COVID. 
Amy Comey Barrett didn't make my list of Christmas list this year. But at the same time, we have seen the court really take on its power, and that really makes you wonder, and it, it is one of these things that makes you wonder what was happening behind the scenes that have allowed the justices to be justices again. Because we know this from the open threats that are out here, and we know from the insider leak that happened on this case, we know that there has been equal that in the in the shadows. These justices are constantly under threat from the left and this globalist network that is trying to force them to comply. So the positive thing is we've seen the court function now constitutionally. And just to be clear, this decision is absolutely 100% constitutionally correct. As would be a decision to overturn gay marriage. Because it's none of the business of the federal level of government and it's not in the constitution of the government to guarantee any right to abortion. In fact, the the Constitution guarantees life. And there's nothing in the Constitution that says you're guaranteed gay marriage. So my my suspicion is that's on the docket next. And there's also a fundamental reason. Because when the Constitution is let be, the country goes to a place of promoting life, which we better start doing because in the midst of this COVID, this vax attack that we've had, the massive number of increases in unexplained deaths in our nation, just deaths in general from age groups that shouldn't be having them. We know what's causing that. And we are now at a birth rate of 1.79. No nation has ever survived that. And a nation at a 1.79 birth rate will ultimately go extinct. So, like it or not, we're going to have to confront that as a nation and start deciding what we're going to do. Because we're into a death spiral right now that has to be corrected. And it's, that's a very dark and real reality that we face. So today for me was a very quiet and very satisfying day. Today for me was a a day to remind, be reminded of life. John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. So one other comment here just to make in our amazing team. I just want to start by saying first, thank you, Bards Nation, because we're waging an amazing war, a spiritual war, and we're praying and we're holding that line and we're living the example and we're getting our hands dirty by doing, sowing seeds, building home churches, doing your new businesses, taking care of your health, promoting homeschooling. This isn't an organization that needs a political party. It's not an organization. 
it's an organization that's empowered in our faith and loving God. So, one, thank you. Number two, we have an amazing group of mods that are dedicated, that do this out of the love of working with all of you. They give countless hours to helping oversee this entire network of Bards Nation. And I just want to make a personal acknowledgement to all of them that have been so instrumental in helping this grow and helping us all stay connected together. I also want to acknowledge that one of our mods, Bear, has added a new family member this last week. And what a beautiful time to come into this world. And I wish the best and greatest prayers for his new granddaughter. And so this leads me to my last comment tonight. And that is this. I'm going to change the way we do this a little bit, but we have Bards flags available. And we're going to continue to have Bards FM flags. I want to tell you kind of my philosophy on what I'm, I'm going to talk about this and a little bit through the week too. You're going to hear it, but you're going to hear it more than once. I have a goal. I see these flags as they're a black flag, which to me is very symbolic in a war sense and of a living sense of give no quarter. And that black flag is important in my way of seeing the world because we can no longer give quarter to values and beliefs that are not in alignment with our relationship in Jesus and God. Now, the these are Bard's FM flags. We now have a Bard's outpost, which was a name given to that by one of our great followers from Wales. So we're now going to use it. So we have a Bard's outpost with a Bard's flag that will be flying in Wales. There's one on its way to Cambridge, England. There's another on its way to Chile. There is one already in Canada. And I've been talking to our favorite kilted Christian and talking about developing a very cool video. And this is what I would like to strive to do by the end of July. My goal is that we can get short videos or still pictures, whatever you're capable of doing. And if you do the video, by the way, use your camera horizontally, not vertically, because it's like, it's like crazy. Like hold it horizontally so we can make it HD. But anyway, I'd like to see a flag with the state flag and the Bards flag, a video or a picture from every state in the union and as many countries as we can. So from whether you have a regional flag or you have a country flag, fly the flag and fly the Bards Nation flag. And appropriately, the Bards Nation flag would fly underneath it just to keep with etiquette. I'd love to see every one of our countries involved in this So that would be China included. I'd love to see one in China. If somebody knows somebody in China that can fly a Bard's flag on the China wall, <laughs> rock it, man. I'll tell you. I'll send you a flag for free. I don't care. And what we're going to do this week, and <clears throat> flags are on sale, are, are for sale there. If you can't afford a flag, reach out to us. I want people to have Bard's flags to fly. Okay. You know how I normally am. 
donations, we're going to change it anyway to a donation model. And I'll make that pivot here in the next. We'll do a recommended price and you give a donation, whatever you want to do. But I really want to, I would like to do this because for me, this is what we're doing. This is literally occupy the land, expand the kingdom. Because that flag is symbolic of us as a community that's putting God first in all things. And that's all that is. And we're not doing an oath to the flag, but we're making a statement. And I think it's a powerful one because I want, we hear all these, you know, we're going to do uniparty. We're going to do this. It's like, we've got a party. It's God's party. And we can designate that with a Bard's flag. So give it some thought. It's what I'd like to see done. I think this is something that would be fantastic to show. And we will. <laughs> you know, we have some great comedians in our group. And I always do this because I know that God draws my attention to things because I don't read a lot of chat. And then invariably, like suddenly I'll be looking over. And so someone actually just wrote this. We need a Kesterson bobblehead for the rear window. No, you're not going to get a Kesterson bobblehead for the rear window. That's not going to happen. <laughs> but that's good. Oh, my goodness gracious. And I know who wrote that, too. And one of, my, one of our favorite people on the boards. All right, Patriots. So let's, let's think about that because I think this is an awesome opportunity for us to make a very quiet and powerful statement that while everybody's running around doing their thing and talking about this or that, we're like, yeah, we're building gardens we're building home churches, we're supporting homeschooling or doing homeschooling, we're building up independent work, we're taking care of our health responsibilities ourselves, we're being informed, we're putting God before everything, and we're stewarding the earth. Pretty good mix of things right there, I'd say. An amazing, amazing day today. A day to reflect, to continue to thank and pray and give thanks to God for making it possible to say that our nation is once again set on the foundation of life. Step one, next comes liberty, then comes justice. Patriots, let's pray. Father, we thank you this evening for just a blessing of coming together. And as we sit now in this aftermath of a, one of the greatest gifts we could have ever received in this time, which was the destruction of Roe versus Wade and the, re, the confirmation by our highest court that the Constitution guarantees life. It doesn't promise death. This is a profound time for all of us as we begin to walk into a new era, knowing that what's before us now is going to be as demanding as it ever has been. Lord, we pray tonight for the many that are perhaps now seeking others to fix this for them. We really pray for this moment to continue to marinate and soak in on so many to realize the power and grace that you've given to this nation. 
to celebrate this day and the days to come in the glory of the gift that you've given, that hearts may be opened. And even if they don't anticipate it, to have these amazing experiences that will allow them, the many out there, to seek a deeper and more intimate relationship with Jesus. We pray for that. Because the love that is provided to us, the temperance, the strength, the fearlessness, the grace, is beyond measure. It's hard to describe it to people. We can open the doors by leading with crumbs to point the way, but these are doors that only you can open. And these are places that once they walk in, they'll never want to leave. We know that. So, Father, we just pray for those opportunities for us to point to those doors. And we pray for the opportunity for these people to have their eyes opened to what those doors offer. Because the darkness is waning. All that was in darkness is now being brought to light. And as we walk in this profound path, we are truly realizing the sense of stepping on snakes and scorpions and having dominion over all evil. And that happens because of our trust and our love in you and equally your trust and love in us. So thank you, Father. We're humbled and in so many ways so deeply grateful beyond words. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Patriots, we have a very blessed evening. It was, uh, I hope you've had a very good day, and I hope you have a very blessed Sunday. Keep our prayers up. Pray and thanks to God this whole weekend for all that was given yesterday. And then as we turn through the weekend, time to double down because we, we are in this war, and we have to now stay focused on where we're headed. The enemy doesn't sleep, neither can we. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. Prayers are the power of change. Let's pray for the unity of our nation and the healing of this land. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We're at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow night for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove That we could stand here too All the nights been pushing through Fight for all we had to lose Reaching out for something To pull us up to the level ground Oh, I can see it now I can see it now
sits down over the hill where the lost got found. Reaching through somehow, oh, you're an island when the world is too loud. When the seasons change, I know the space between us will stay the same. Resting on this faith, when your soul answers calls far away. Thank、you.